All right, good evening. We are live. <clears throat> After a long day of purchasing toilet paper and band-aids and, oh, just, you know, researching products. I'm home. Had a great dinner. Got my pooch on the lap. And ready to talk some Pacers. There's been some Pacers action uh, since last month or uh, since a week ago when I when I did the uh, when I released the episode on the Rockets after the Rockets game that the Pacers ended up losing. Um, so the Pacers, you know, this past week they had um, four games. Um, I hopped on here after the first Rockets game. That was the home loss. Um, I think the score was 98-94 at the end of it. It was a super close game. Uh, Pacers played really well, I thought. Um, held the Rockets to under 100 points, even though the Rockets, you know, have kind of been, uh, they've been slow out of the gates this season. Um, but yeah, if you want to hear my thoughts after that Rockets game, I did it. I did a podcast immediately after the game. Um, but the rest of the week was kind of about the same. Lots of losses. So um, after this this past week with the four games, the Pacers went one and three. So we lost that that game to the to the Rockets at home. Um, then it was the Philadelphia 76ers um, at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And similar to the Rockets game, it was a close game. Um, the Pacers, you know, played well. They played they played well enough to win the game. Um, they just did not win the game. I think compare that to the prior week whenever the Pacers won out those close games. So Boston, New York, Chicago. Um, at the beginning of this week, we just didn't have it and lost those two home games um, to two. You know, the 76ers are definitely a playoff team. I think the Rockets will find their find their group here and end up in the playoffs as well. Um then the Pacers went to Miami on Friday to take on the Heat. And uh, if I don't know if you guys caught that game or not, um, but Miami had awesome uniforms on. I know my wife pointed that out. Uh, it would, They had like, um, I guess it'd be, oh, it's called the, the Miami Vice. So the, the TV show from the 80s, they were uh, showing respect to that. I think that would be similar to like when the Pacers – do their hickory uniforms it's kind of just like a an homage to the state or to the city where the team plays um but yeah miami's jerseys were awesome they were black and they had like neon pink and like cotton candy blue almost like real light blue and the pink um, on the black unis, it, it looked sharp. And they also had the court all did up too. They had the, uh, the, the baselines were, were marked in that color scheme. Um, but yeah, so the Pacers actually, so they were in Miami on Friday, uh, the city that they got together as a team at before the season. Um, and the Pacers, Pacers pulled off a W. It was a pretty close game again. Uh, I think the final score ended up being 110 to 102. Um, they came back from, I think, the, that this, that the Heat were ahead um, a good chunk of the game. And then 
Uh, Pacers ended up winning that one. So that was our win for the week. And then yesterday, which would have been Sunday, November uh, 11th, was another loss, this time at Houston. Um, the one thing that watching these four games and then, you know, looking back throughout the beginning of the season, it just seems like the Pacers always, always, always get off to a slow start. And I kind of remember that being the issue last year, too. I could be wrong about that, but I, I, I kind of remember watching the games last year, and it seemed to be a pretty common theme where the Pacers would get off to a slow start. And that's definitely the case this this year, and especially this past week. Um, you know, it, there's just, it seems to be Oladipo and nobody else is is really making a big impact in that starting lineup to, when we start the games. And that's concerning. And I, I think that this whole thing about the Pacers, you know, I, I think our biggest strength is our is our depth. And so I uh okay, how do I want to make this point? I think that there's there's an issue once you get who who's our number two guy, right? Like Victor Oladipo obviously is is the leader. And he's a perfectly, perfectly suitable leader to, you know, take a team and do amazing things with, I, I believe. I believe if if Victor Oladipo was the best player on your team, if you had the right team around him, I think he's good enough that he could win an NBA championship in his career. I think it I think that he's he's not one of the top 5 players in the league. So, he definitely needs a strong supporting cast around him to 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 win a championship. But as he's entering the prime of his career, he's obviously finding his stride. He's off to a heck of a season. Um he's got his numbers back up. I don't know if you if you remember from the the start of the season, his his scoring was down a little bit, like 22 or so. He's got it up to 24 points a game now. He's he's rebounding the ball. Um, he's averaging over seven points and nearly five assists. So his stats are incredible this year. And I just think with his leadership skills, uh, with his kind of composure and his clutch, you know, the fact that he he wins a lot of basketball games by making the tough shots down the stretch. He has, to me, all the components of someone who could who could lead a team to a, an NBA championship. The problem is that the way that this Pacers team is constructed now, it's like, who's our number two? Who's the number two player? You know, at, at the beginning of the season, I think I, I was pretty hopeful that that might be Miles Turner. That Miles Turner might might take a leap um, from last year. You know, with his new improved body and. Um, like just being the third year in the league or maybe even his fourth year in the league. And he was due for a contract, which he got. Um, so the, all the pieces were there for Miles Turner. And, you know, clearly he hasn't taken that jump this year thus far into the season where um, the Pacers are eight and six. So we're 14 games into the season. And um, so Miles hasn't taken that leap. Uh, we brought in Tyreek Evans. Thought you know Tyreek Evans might be the might be kind of our savior here. He might elevate the Pacers from where we were last year because he's a legitimate scoring option. You know he averaged 
19 points a game in Memphis, uh, bring him over to the Pacers, bring him off the bench. Like, yeah, we weren't thinking he'd average 19 again off the bench, but, you know, maybe he'd be a 15-point scorer or 14. Um, he's at 10, and he's not shooting the ball extremely well. His his um, assist numbers have, have really leveled out. I know at the beginning of the season he was up around five. Um, him and Sabonis were working that pick and roll. I don't know um, – you know, I do know it didn't seem to necessarily happen a whole lot this past week. I don't know if that's because opposing teams' defensive defenses have maybe adjusted. Um, I wish that's something I should have looked at, looked for that. Like, why wasn't that working? Um, so that's something to maybe monitor moving forward. But you know, regardless, Tyreek is not having an amazing start to the season. It's uh, I would say pretty pedestrian at best. Um, Darren Collison has taken a little bit of a step back this year from last year. Dad Young, you know, you, you know what you're going to get. He's just pretty much steady Eddie. Um, so it's like, where, where are we going to get it, right? Not Tyreek, not Miles. Um, well, I, I think, I think it's time to put Sabonis into the starting lineup. And here's why. I think. Sabonis has a chance to be the unquestionable number two on the Indiana Pacers this season. I don't necessarily think that Sabonis could. What I'm getting at also is that I'm, I want to buy all the Sabonis stock that's available right now. Um, he's only playing 24 minutes a game over these first 14. A lot of the fat, a lot of that. Um, obviously he comes off the bench, but he also is always in foul trouble. So he needs to work on that foul trouble so he can get more minutes. Um, he's in, you know, 24 minutes a game is what he's averaging, but his points, he's second all in, in those limited minutes. He's second in the team in scoring at 14 points a game. He's first on the team in rebounding at nine point at nine boards a game. And he's averaging two and a half assists in 24 minutes of action on unbelievable field goal percentage. I think he's averaging 67% or so. Um, he's, you know, our most reliable rebounder. His, he had a 30 point game. I think Bogdanovich is probably the only other pacer that's hit 20 this year outside of Oladipo and Simona's hit 30. Uh, he's third year in the league. Him and Sabonis and Oladipo are like, you know, NBA brothers. They were on the Magic together. They got traded to, uh, well, Sabonis was drafted by the Magic and traded before he ever played a game with the Magic, but he was part of the Oladipo trade to Oklahoma City, and then they were traded as a package to Indiana. So, and you know, Sabonis and Oladipo, it's like, those are, they both, both guys, you know, when you when you listen to them on an interview or you watch them play, they're just high high motivate like high character type guys i would say just from not knowing them but just what what you see on tv like they both seem to be good teammates and they're good teammates to each other and so i think you you shake things up a little bit if, if you're nate mcmillan like you know outside of the celtics games there it hasn't really been a bright there hasn't really been a bright spot for the pacers like i don't think by any means would, would we think that they are exceeding expectations? Um, you know, I know it's kind of stupid, that thing I do, 
with the par birdie bogey thing, but every week's been a par. I mean, they've just been right, kind of right on pace with what you would think. They haven't, they haven't necessarily regressed too much. They're definitely legit, but they cannot be mistaken as one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, and that's unfortunate. I thought the, I thought the ceiling on this Pacers team would be one in which they finish third in the Eastern Conference regular season and win a first-round playoff series. But um, with the with the emergence of the Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks and now Jimmy Butler getting traded to the Philadelphia 76ers and you still have the Boston Celtics, I think there's clearly those four teams at this point in the season are in another, on another level than the Pacers. And, um, but that it's, it's still early, you know, it's definitely still early. Um, so what I think should happen here is they've been running out the same starting lineup of Miles Turner, Thad Young, Bojan Bogdanovich, Victor Oladipo, and Darren Collison. I think that what we should do is maybe rethink that whole starting lineup thing and um, view this team as if you had, and I, I was going to say seven, but I'm actually, I kind of would like to think about it as an eight starters. So you treat these eight players as peers. Obviously, I think Oladipo is number one, and then the seven others um and what I mean by that is I'd like to see some mix up the rotation a little bit. Let's I would like to see a starting lineup of Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, Bojan Bogdanovic, Victor Oladipo, and Corey Joseph. Now, I love Corey Joseph for the defense and just the sound, like the overall just positive that Corey Joseph is out there. He can help alleviate some of the defensive pressure that Oladipo faces being out there. Um, you know, Oladipo tends to always take the best defender. So Corey Joseph could take the best, or sorry, not the best defender, the best offensive player. I think I'd like to see Corey Joseph take the best guard yeah, on, on uh, or cover the best guard, put Oladipo on a weaker offensive player. That way, you know, he can handle more on the offensive end for the Pacers, the scoring load. Because um, right now he's trying to do both. Like he was guarding James Harden on uh, against the Rockets. And, you know, I just... Um, so anyways, I'd, I'd like to see Turner and Sabonis up front in, as the big man because it's like we already have Turner under contract. I don't want to move Turner to the bench because I think just from, you know, I, I think Turner might be a little bit emotional. And um, I, I would say on a scale of, Critical versus not critical. He's probably more critical of himself and his play. I feel like he's a player that's always kind of analyzing where he's at throughout the game. Like, is he getting his is he getting his numbers? Is he um, is he performing? Is he meeting the expectations that he set for himself before the game? Like, I don't think I think it's hard for Turner to just turn off the voice in his head and just play. But um, that being said, he's still one of our best players. I like Miles Turner. I'm not giving up on Miles Turner. Um, but I think you've got to bring in Sabonis to 
Church, well, first of all, Sabonis deserves to start. And he, really what he what should happen probably is he would he would start over Miles Turner. But I don't want to send Miles Turner to the bench. I want him to think that he's a starter. I want him to know that the organization is confident that he's the starter. And like, let's play the guys that we're building around, right? So it's Sabonis. He deserves to start. He gets to start at, at the five and put Turner at like the stretch four and basically just use him interchangeably. Then you leave Bogdanovich out there for um, to stretch the floor and obviously his shooting ability. Oladipo is the rock star and then Corey Joseph at point. And then what that does to your bench is now off the bench, you're bringing in Darren Collison, Tyreek Evans, Thaddeus Young. It's like, come on, that's that's excellent. Those guys would tear up the bench, other teams' benches, just the same way that Sabonis and, and Tyreek are. I just think that there's too many kind of below-average starters on the Pacers team right now. And I don't think we should be married to the idea that Darren Collison has to start, Bogdanovich has to start, and Thaddeus Young has to start. Like, why? Now, neither of those players are exceeding expectations. Maybe Bojan. Um, Bojan's having a good game or good good season. I'd actually like to see him take another leap, another step forward, and shoot the ball more because he's he's killing it from the field right now. He's over fifty percent. Um, he just needs to take more shots. He's only getting nine shots up a game. So, like in comparison, Oladipo is averaging twenty field goal attempts a game, and then there's no other pacer averaging. 10 or more, but there's a whole slew of them that average about nine, eight or nine. And I like that about the Pacers. That's our strength is the depth. But I just think I'd like to see us first reward Sabonis for being so good this year. Give Sabonis more minutes. See what you have in here in him. See if he can be a legitimate star in this league. I mean, he comes from an NBA uh, background. He... You know, like his dad was in the league. He was he's a lottery pick, you know, eleventh overall. He's only three years into the into the league. It's not like he's an old player. Him and Turner. Both these guys are young still. So I think I just had to kind of tamper my expectations a little bit because I just wanted to see the Pacers take that leap forward. I still think they can do it this year, too. Um, but it's just really we kind of have an old core and a young core. And I think we need to shake it up a little bit, you know? Um, let's see, what else do I got going on here? So, yeah, I just think that that at this point in the season, the Pacers, I would put them fifth in the East. I think the top four are locked in. The Pacers are fifth. I think it's time to stir the pot a little bit if you're Nate McMillan. Let's see what you got, you know? Um, he has started playing Sabonis more in the crunch time rather than sticking with Miles Turner all the time. But um, go with Sabonis and basically just treat treat all your guys like they're starters in a sense. Like those eight guys, Corey Joseph, Tyreek, Sabonis, Turner, Dad Young, Collison, Bo Young, all those guys. And then go off of matchups. Like, look at who the teams play. I don't know why you can't do that. I, don't, I just think that this whole continuity of, of the starting lineup, like having the same starting lineup all of last season and every game this year, like, 
big deal. What does that, what does that even mean? Who cares? Like they're this team, the starting lineup is not getting off to good starts. And that's the whole reason why you pick five guys to start. It's like, get us off to a good start. And, and these starters are not doing a good job this year. So mix them up. And like, for example, in the Philadelphia game, the Pacers had 19 first quarter points and 15 of them came from Victor Oladipo, you know? So that's my hot take for, for, for this episode is I'm calling for starting lineup changes, shuffle it around. Um, you know, because these slow starts are killing us and it makes it so that the team always has to, you know, just play from behind. And it's kind of a frustrating way to play. Like, Why don't we get out in front of teams? We have a good defense. Um, you know, the Pacers are second right now in, in points allowed in the league. And they've got the seventh best defensive rating. Let's see, 13th best offensive rating. Um, yeah. Let's, let's see. I, all right. Well, let's look ahead now. So, like I said, the Pacers were one and three last week. They are eight and six overall. This next week, they've got two games. So after that game at Houston on Sunday, they would have flown home, I would assume, last night. And the Pacers are going to be in Indiana for a while. They've got um, a three-game homestand. And in that three-game homestand is also a nice long break. Um, so the Pacers played on Sunday. They don't play again until Friday. And, um, yeah, so they've got about nine or ten days here where they get to sleep in their own bed, um, you know, get some good practice days in, I would assume, heal up on any injuries, get some rest. And they have a pretty favorable week. So with only two games, they've got the Miami Heat, who we just beat in Miami. And these, and once again, these are both going to be home games. So the Miami Heat will come to town on Friday. And then the Atlanta Hawks, the the lowly Hawks with their rookie sensation, Trey Young and Vince Sanity. Um, that's Vince Carter, if you don't know who Vince Sanity is. Uh, so the Heat and the Hawks this week, I think the Pacers are going to win both of those games, or we should win both of those games. Get that record up to 10 and 6. That's much more respectable and points the arrow in the right direction. Um yeah, and then we'll, you know, we'll check it out and see. And see. I, I know that they have a, ro a road trip coming up in the next two weeks or so. Um, but with this week, it's just going to be a lot of rest, practice, and heat, and Atlanta Hawks. So let's get two wins this week. Um, two wins for me would be, you know, par. Or I'm not going to do the thing this week. Um, let's see if I had anything else I wanted to. Oh, watching the game. Um, well, first, let me preface this by saying that I definitely support all of our troops, our military troops. I'm I'm uh, super blessed to be an American, to live in this country, to have the freedoms that we have. Um, and I totally support the troops. If, if you or someone, you know, um, is in the military or served in the military, like my much respect. Thank you. And thank you. Um, something I could never do. I don't think I would hate to do that for, but, um, 
I greatly appreciate those who, who have in the past and, and currently do. However, that doesn't mean that you can't, that one cannot criticize the military. Um, so I'm criticizing kind of the, the structure of the military or like just the machine that it is, not the individuals that make it up, make up the machine. But I'm watching the Pacers games and, you know, it's these military ads after military ads. And this last one, I was just like, oh, my gosh, the rhetoric is so it's gross. It's um, there was an army commercial that it was, the, the slogan is warriors wanted. And it's like, okay, so you're watching the game and you think to yourself, yeah, you know what? I'm a warrior. And like you, you, when you watch these commercials, it's like, it just plays on the heartstrings of someone who, you know, like, if you want to be a hero, right? If you want to help others, if you maybe like don't have a whole lot of other options or other things that you're involved with. Actually, that doesn't even matter. Just the positives alone, like you want to be a hero, like it's it's a, it's respected. You know, you get lots of like, I mean, pretty, I would, I think, I don't think it's worth risking your life, but you know, the benefits and the pay are, are better than a lot of things that you can find in the private sector. Um, but when you think about our military and the fact that, you know, you can add up if you take all the countries in the world, you add up the second biggest military all the way down to the 10th biggest military. So take Russia and add that to China, to Mexico, to Canada, whatever. The 10 top, the 10 biggest spending militaries take out the United States. And it's like, that's the same. Like we spend so much more money on our military than any other country in the world. and we're in debt, like we're in crazy amounts of debt, but yet somehow we just keep bolstering our military and, you know, like never cut any spending and do every, like, so it's basically what I'm getting at. It's like, all right, we already have the biggest military. Like what's the, why are we advertising? Why would you even advertise? Why is the government ever advertise anything? Like you, I, I, it's just, it gets me like kind of mad. I'm just like, oh, it's frustrating because um, I'm not going to speak about it. Like I know exactly what 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 it what's going on, but I just am. I've been exposed to some ideas about like the Iraq War and Afghanistan and what's going on in the Middle East, and it's just like we might not be the good guys. I mean, it, I don't know. There's a chance that that we might be the bad guys, and I think some people who I trust their opinions and, and they seem to be pretty smart would definitely say we're the bad guys. So I'm not saying that, but it's just like, why do we, what's going on? You know? Um, so yeah, don't bother me with these military ads when I'm trying to watch my pacers. And uh, that just leads, you know, it's just the winter blues are here. So it, it's finally gotten cold here. Had a couple 30 degree days, snowing outside right now. It's time for grumpy time. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's dark when I get to work. It's dark when I get home. I'm just kind of a pissed off dude in the Midwest here. Um, so I want you to feel that angst, you know?
Um, <laughs> yeah, I just messed him. But uh, stay warm out there. That's the that's the main thing. And it's like for me, it's like boy, when these winter blues kick in, which they have. Um, and and my wife inspired me, but it's like I gotta stay moving, you know. Keep work, you gotta work out and burn off that kind of bog of of the cold and the darkness and the no sun. Um, burn that off with physical activity. All right, people, that's all I got for tonight. Um, shake up the starting lineup. That's the uh, that's the name of the game. Shake it up. All right. Hope everybody's doing well. Keep on keeping on. And I'll be back later. Peace.